up? This is your boy, the Pittsburgh Golf Hack, and welcome to the very first official podcast. So I am your host, Garen, and let's welcome to the show my best bud and fellow co-host, Rich. Welcome aboard, buddy. Hey, man. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, all the fun stuff we've got going on. Yeah, absolutely, man. I don't know about you, but I am super excited to get this podcast started. It's something we've been wanting to kick off for a long time now to kind of, I guess, share to the world our uh, shenanigans when it comes to golf. Shenanigans is the, uh, <laughs> it's the right word. I know that I'm super stoked about it. Um, like you said, man, it's it's been something we've kind of had as a brainchild for a while, and uh, I think we can probably bring a lot of perspective from the uh, the everyday golfer's perspective um, to the world instead of uh, two scratch golfers here. Um, we're trying to get better and below, you know, hack status. We're not trying to get to scratch. Yeah, I'm, you know, you, you listen to a lot of podcasts, and, and I've listened to so many podcasts that are out there, you know, you kind of put yourself to sleep trying to figure out some stuff with your game and whatnot, and, you know, number one, they're they're extremely long, and like you said, they're scratch golfers, you know, these are guys that are out there that are, you know, shooting in the 70s, you know, pretty consistently, and, you know, that's not what I want to hear, like, I, I want to hear from the guy that yesterday was shanking it in the woods and you know <laughs> today is is hitting it straight down the pipe so uh which I, is us <laughs> I, I feel i feel very triggered by what you just had to say there gary and i appreciate that oh well you know <laughs> misery misery loves company the truth hurts man no <laughs> I, I i agree i you know we're, we're two guys who that's i think that's the the unique thing about you and i is that we have the ability to go out and shoot in the 70s on a, any given day but most of the time it just doesn't happen um so i i think this 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 kind of journey of us trying to get better and get into shooting you know like you said in the 70s consistently uh, or at least the quest to try and get there is going to be, hopefully it's interesting for those who may uh, prospectively listen. Absolutely. So a little history behind the Pittsburgh Golf Hack name, if those of you listening have never heard of that. Um, kind of got started off as a little bit of a brainchild last year. Um, I started getting bored during the pandemic and uh, began basically creating some videos on YouTube about golf course reviews in the Pittsburgh area. I also started uh, doing some golf equipment reviews and things of that nature. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of snowballed into some other stuff. One of the you know the biggest things that I've seen lately is a lot of golf equipment around Kirkland, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. If you're not familiar with that brand. I'm sure you'll hear more about that, but uh, a lot of it's kind of turned more to the golf equipment, obviously, until the the weather gets a little bit better. Weather sucks up here in Pittsburgh in the wintertime, but um, nevertheless, we've been doing a lot of golf equipment reviews, and um, it's highlighted a lot of things in my game, which we'll, me and Rich will talk about here in a few minutes. But I kind of, talking about the pandemic, I kind of want to start off with that is 2020 – taught us a lot of things right rich especially with the game of golf <laughs> oh my gosh uh where do you want to start garen because <laughs> i've got a lot of things to say about pandemic golf <laughs> well 
I mean, not so much the negative side on the pandemic. I just think that, number one, we probably played more golf than we have in a long time because that's really all that we had to do, right? <laughs> 100%. Uh, jokes aside, I, I, I played more um, – little background just really quick I, I i you know i was out of the game until 2018 got back into it um and garen and i will probably garen will probably go over uh we, we've known each other for a long time we played golf for a long time with one another and uh i was out for quite a few years and came back in 2018 and in, in the year 2020 i played more golf than in 18 and 19 combined so um Played a lot of golf, got better, which is great. Um, but we're, I'm still, I'm still not where I need to be, and I don't think my partner on the other side of this podcast is either. No, absolutely not. I think I've got some mechanical issues. You got some mental issues. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> that's His, uh, that's that's so true. Your 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 problems is ninety percent in between your ears. That's yeah. The, it's there is not as far as my swing goes. I don't have a whole lot of whole lot of hitches in that giddy up but uh the the quarter size thing between my ears oh man that's a different story yep so me and rich i've known rich since um, a sophomore year in high school a million and years ago long long time ago feel feel like we are uh that was that was ancient years ago but um met rich back in in 10th grade been friends ever since and I actually introduced Rich to the game of golf. He was not a golfer at the point in time that I met him. And um, I, on the other hand, was actually playing golf on the reg pretty much and was actually playing on my high school golf team. I won't say I was good on my high school golf team, but I was on the golf team and kind of got Rich into playing. And it was one of those things where I don't really think he was that interested, but I think it was was something to do. It was something to do, but it was like the first or second time I had this turd out on the course. (laughs) And he was terrible. I mean, just... So bad. Just so bad. like So bad. (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it, but this guy goes out, and we're playing a local course back in West Virginia, uh, which is where I'm originally from. That's where Richard still lives. Um, We're playing this, this course down there that's defunct now, and I think it was hole number six that he he finally made pretty decent contact with the ball and he hit like a 200 yard drop nothing spectacular it's a short par for i think it's like i don't know 330 yards or something like that it wasn't anything major but he hits about a 200 yard drive and swear to god his second shot he gets up (laughs) hits a pretty spot on you know a pretty decent approach shot it bounces once in front of the green lands on the green rolls up and straight into the cup for an eagle now i had never even made an eagle at this point but this guy goes out and somehow pulls one out of his rear and i think that's when he fell in love with golf it it, i i still have the ball i still have the nike mojo (laughs) 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 that i play or that I played that day, uh, that I that I signed like a like a moron, uh, and and wrote Eagle Number Six, uh, Riverview, Riverview Golf and Country Club, because um, I was pretty pretty freaking proud of myself at that point. Um, had a few eagles since then, thank God. You've had a few eagles since then, thank God. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we've I... we've gotten better since then. 
A few is the word. I think two or three is the max. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a, I had two or three last summer, man. Come on. Yeah. So, I guess getting back to 2020, um, one of the big things that Rich will attest to is I am not a purveyor of technology. I okay. have. I'm I'm going to stop you just for a second here, Garen. You you say you're not a purveyor of technology. We may as well go ahead and put a balada ball and persimmon woods in your bag. God, I would love that. I'm, see, <laughs> see, I would, I would so love that. He he he's not joking, folks. I think up until what was it, five or six years ago, it when I made the three. Long. When I made the three wood switch, it was, and it's because somebody gave it to me. You know what? I'll let you tell the story. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm cheap. Somebody gave it to me. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> You're cheap. <laughs> so, up until about five or six years ago, I, I'm not even kidding, folks. I was playing a pro group persimmon three wood, and and hitting it damn well, I might add. No, but I will be. I'll be the first to tell you, I pl- I have always played by feel. You know, I, he has. I, I have never been one that, you know, I didn't even really like. Every now and then, back in the day, I had a pro that was great. I wish he was still available at my disposal in Pittsburgh, but this pro was so great. I could go and swing three times in front of him, and he would tell me exactly what I needed to adjust and fix it. And I have not. I've not been able to have that ever since, and I go by feel. So whenever I feel something's out of whack, I try to feel what's what's wrong and, and figure it out and, and fix it. So I've not been one to jump on the launch monitor. I've not been one that got big into the video analysis. I haven't, um, I mean, I really have not even known what any of my numbers were. So it, it's been... The opposite for Sir Rich over here. He has been, you know, going and, you know, hitting on the launch monitors. We had, we had a friend of ours that had a launch monitor. He was hitting on pretty consistently. And, um, you know, he's he's went and got the driver fittings and things like that. But, you know, I, on the other hand, have, have resisted. But getting back to 2020, I started doing a lot of these reviews and everything. And... I talked about the Kirkland brand a little bit ago. So I am just, I'm going to be sponsored by Kirkland one day. People just, just wanted to let you all know that. You're, you're, you're weirdly enamored with, with Kirkland. Like you like Kirkland. Like I like Titleist. (laughs) It's cause it's cheap, man. You you can't beat going to Costco and buying two dozen balls for 24 bucks. Like, It just doesn't get any better than that. I'm that, not even. This isn't an argument for us to have with an audience, so I'm just going <laughs> to let you drive through that. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm going to plow through it like a Mack truck. How's that That's sound? That's a great idea. I'm good with it. So, yes, I I love a good bargain. Um, but I guess where I'm going with this is I, I kind of jumped on the on the Kirkland bandwagon started playing with a lot of things that they got going and they got their putters out there. They got their wedges of which I do have a couple reviews coming up on YouTube. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, but I did, I did some videos on the Kirkland signature ball. Now 
I've been going, I did find a simulator close to my house. It's a trackman uh, that, that I've been going and hitting on. And it, it was kind of neat going up there and getting into that because, I mean, up, up until I started going there, I had no idea what, I had no idea what my swing speed even was. So it's like I start going up there, I'm like, okay, this is cool. I, I, I know now that my swing speed's 90, 95 mile an hour. All right, that's a piece of information I can get. Um, so that's I started, something. yeah, that's something to that's that I didn't know. Um, but then I start getting into to some other things, and next thing you know, I do a video on YouTube about the Kirkland Signature three-piece urethane ball. Absolutely. And I did a video on this, and I'm like all proud about it because I'm like I compared it to some to the Titleist Pro V1 and the Callaway Chrome Soft, which surprisingly. I am a Callaway fanboy, and I was shocked to find that the Chrome Sauce were doo doo, like just they are terrible. Not a great ball. Yeah, uh, there, there's there's other golf pros on YouTube. Uh, I think you you name drop uh, Rick, Rick Shields in your video. It's just not Rick Shields and Peter Finch. Uh, both both don't love it. I don't love it. I've played it. Um, it's just it's it may be a little too soft for me. I, I swing a little harder than you. Um, and we'll, we'll, that's that's another conversation for another time but I, i'll agree it's for me it's doo-doo um for for those of you out there who hit the chrome, the chrome soft uh if you love it, it it's it's a good ball but just not for me and apparently not for my boy over there yeah and i don't have i don't have a strong swing speed like i said 90 95 mile an hour so um i was kind of surprised by that but but i compared all three of those because they were three piece three piece balls and you know made pretty similar mm -hmm. um but as I'm doing my my testing and I sent a video out there on YouTube, if you want to check it out, you can go check out my review on the uh, Kirkland Signature three-piece ball. But I sent it over to Rich and I'm like, hey, you know, let me know what you think about the video. And what were the first words out of your mouth? <laughs> what in the world is going on with your spin numbers? <laughs> <laughs> they They were a little high. <laughs> okay, no. You were spinning it like a wedge. <laughs> well, okay, we had that. that not we had, quite that bad. We did have that one anomaly that was like 6,600 RPM. That one, Off of a driver, folks. <laughs> Off of a driver. I still, I still say that that I still say that that was a uh, that was a trackman issue. But how do you even do that? Are you trying to hit stingers? <laughs> did, you get, did you get did you get real steep on that guy, or what's what's going on here? Yeah, a little side swiping. Fair enough. But as Richard said, the first thing out of his mouth was like, good God, dude, look at your spin numbers. And, and he's right. Even So I did have that one anomaly. It was like 6,600 RPMs. But we're talking my average was anywhere from 3,500 to 4,500 RPMs. And obviously, I'm like, okay, what the crap does that mean? I have no idea what that means. And so we started taking some videos of my, of my swing. And Rich immediately recognized I'm coming over the top really badly, really badly. Um, and, 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 and folks, you're going to, you're going to hear us both tear down each other's swings throughout the, the course of us doing this. However long we do this, whether we do this for two episodes or a million, um, we'll take, we're, we're best friends. We're going to tear down each other's swing. Um, tear our, down our, more our other swing. best friend is going to tear down. Uh, we tear down his swing, even though he's much better than us and he tears down ours. Um, it's just what we do. We're, we're buddies. 
Um, but at the end of the day, Garen's not Garen is not a bad golfer. Um, somewhere along the line, man, you just you got so out of whack and so over the top. And I still maintain that it's a flexibility thing. You maintain that it's a that it's a a a, a, um, a mechanics thing, and it may be a combination of both. Um, we'll see. No, the jury's still out. I seen it. I mean, I did see it myself. It, it's a very um, I don't know. How, I don't even know how you explain it. It's like an extra. It's like a an extra. Like I have my back swing, and it looks so smooth. And then all of a sudden, it's like I just lift the club. Yep. And dip over the top. I, I can't explain it. I can't feel it when I'm swinging, but it's there. It's and and the crazy thing is that you the the fact that you can't feel it is crazy to me. Um because it's almost as if like if I wanted to show someone what coming over the top looked like and like I had to like really really accentuate it that's what you're doing on a natural basis um that's one thing that that I do a really good job with our other our other best friend is is um for all intents and purposes he's a scratch golfer he's low singles yeah he's he's Um, he's pretty he's great uh, yeah. hits the ball farther than, than, than anybody that I know personally, um, consistently. The guy hits it over 300, over 310, and I play with him three times a week. Um, and it's the reason why I've gotten better over the last two years, um, because I didn't want to get embarrassed by him. But, uh, even he admits that I, I do a good job at staying on plane. My takeaway and my, my club path is, is really good, um, now uh, I can get a little bit quick and a little bit handsy, and yeah, that'll, little, that'll cause the flip, ball to go left or right. A little flippy, get a little flippy. That's okay. A little wristy. Um, but Garen, Garen, just you've gotten to a point, man, where you just you've come over the top so much, and I think it's where you haven't you've been playing by yourself a whole bunch. You haven't had you know me or Jeff to to stand behind you and go, whoa, man, you know you're coming over the top really badly. Um, and now it just feels natural. So now we're on the quest. Get, getting back to what Garen was talking about. We've started the quest on getting Garen to keep from coming over the top. Yeah, we got we got to get that fixed. Um, you know, I think that there's a couple other underlying things that that we can look at, though. You know, you and I talked about this after looking at my, you know, breaking down my swing analysis, but also looking at my numbers. And you know, another thing that Rich kind of recommended when he when he looked at my numbers, he was like, "What kind of shaft are you playing in that driver?" I'm like, "Yep." Do you want I to tell have, them about your driver? Because that, that's that's another whole other weird ball of weirdness. So what were you playing before your current driver, Karen? <laughs> um, before I got my current driver, which is a Callaway XR Speed, which not the it's not the uh, you know it's not that outdated. They're still selling it at Dick's, but it's yeah. it's not a Maverick or a Rogue. It's 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 a few years old and. You know, not on the higher end of things, but um, I was playing a Callaway FT9 before I made the switch. So I think that was a what you, circa 2010. Driver? Are you telling me that that there's a decent chance that within the next two years that your um, that your old driver could drive a car with a, a, an at age person with it? <laughs> it could get its learner's permit. Maybe. <laughs> Within a couple more years after that, your old driver could buy porno, or <laughs> or get an antique antique car license. 
it's sad, but it's true. I, I, I am cheap, folks. I, I make no qualms about it. I uh, was was poor for a long time, and I still like to pretend that I'm uh, I'm I'm poor and thrifty. But, um, you know, nothing wrong with it. nothing wrong with being thrifty, my friend. I I, I think that um, you know, one of the things that Rich opened my eyes to. Yeah, I mean, he asked a simple question: What shaft are you playing in your driver? And I said, a stiff shaft. And he's like, okay, well, like, you know, how many grams, like, where, you know, do you, are you playing a, a, what's a your low? Swing, what's your swing weight? Is it, where's the kick point? Is it a right. high launch? Is it, is it a low launch? Uh, how heavy is it? The, and, no clue. And to, to kind of steal the segment from you really quick, you, you, I was speaking Greek to you, was I not? Yeah. Yeah. I had no, no clue. I mean, I, you know, again, we were, we're talking about a guy playing, a persimmon wood, you know, five, six years ago. And the only thing that I was looking at, is it regular flex or is it stiff flex? That's the world I lived in. But yep. I, uh, you know, I think looking at the numbers, understanding that, uh, you know, in the year 2020, I've now become completely illiterate in the game of golf with the apparent technology and language that's out there. Um, I've learned I got to catch up. So Rich has actually talked me in to going and getting a driver shaft fitting. And, yes. you know, whether or not, you know, again, I already know I have the over the top and a lot of people listening are probably like, well, you know, you got to get your swing plane fixed before you get that. I would argue, yes, you're, you're probably a hundred percent right. But I think after looking and doing the, the research behind the scenes, I think there's also something to be said about, understanding at least what the kick point of my driver is and seeing if it actually matches my swing. I actually agree with that. Um, normally that is the, the, the most asked backwards thing that you could, that you could say. Um, but I think in your, your case, um, because he, here's the, here's the deal with, with, here's my synopsis of it, thinking about it from a, a person who, who is trying to outside in uh, analyze your swing. Um, with enough know-how to, to kind of identify what the issues are. You're kind of in that middle ground between you could probably get away with swinging a regular flex driver. I don't think that you would be, I don't think it would benefit you at all. Matter of fact, I think it would be to your detriment. But you kind of land in that square in the middle of a regular mm-hmm. flex and a stiff flex. Great so area. I think, and you're probably, sw- if I had to guess, and I've never had your driver in my hand, when we played pipe stem, I should have I should have swung your driver. Um, I will bet that your driver is too heavy, and you are it is the the wrong design for the way that you launch the ball. You launch the ball very high, and I'm gonna bet you just about anything that you have a high launch because most stock driver shafts are high launch. Um, I will bet dollars to donuts that you have a high launch shaft when you need a lower or a medium launch shaft, and it needs to be much lighter. You're probably swinging 75 grams when you could probably be swinging 55 to 60. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and I've already I've already talked to the pro at my local golf galaxy. That's where I'm going to. And even he on the phone when I explained my situation and everything, he's like, you know, we can totally do some stuff. He, he said exactly like you said. You He said, you might actually be in a regular flex shaft, but we can do some things. You know, we can tip the, the shaft and try to stiffen the tip a little bit to see if that changes things. He said, mm-hmm. we can do all kinds of stuff. So uh, I'm really excited for it. Uh, as much as I hate technology, I'm 
I'm starting to enjoy this diving into the numbers and learning a little bit about the the new tech shafts and things like that. So we'll we'll see where it goes. But um, I want to talk about Rich's issues here a little bit. So for you Pittsburgh fans that are out there listening, I am to Richard what the Patriots and Tom Brady are to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's true. That's I, true. I get his number every time. So he he has done so much over the past year. I've I've personally seen his drives improve. I've seen just his overall game has gotten so much better. He'll send me, send me videos of him just I mean just mashing the ball and and hitting it straight down the pipe, but you know, he goes from playing pretty good golf, but every time he plays me, falls <sighs> apart. You are my white whale, so to speak. I don't know if you're referring to the size of my belly now or what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can we change your name on Twitter to the white whale? <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be that would be that would be no. <laughs> I'm uh, what you what you Yenzers would call a bugaboo, I suppose. You're my bugaboo. I guess so. Yeah, we we could probably call it at that, but it, um, I like you just got you have my number, man. That it's that's all it is. You're in my head. There you live there rent free. Yeah, he he he's got a bit of the mental game going on. We've I, I really do think if we can fix that part of your game that you've you've got a lot of potential there with all the mechanical changes you've made with your swing because it's it's it it's just all in your head we uh yeah. i think I, so i've spent i've spent the winter uh to kind of talk on that a little bit man i i've spent the winter kind of kind of doing some some mental exercises and, and meditation and i know that sounds hippy dippy and and kind of out there but uh there's been a couple books that i've read um one in specific by a, a very prevalent sports psychologist um, who works with PGA pros um, about you know removing bad shots from from uh, your repertoire and by repertoire he means your head um, and and the, how the difference aside from the hand eye coordination mentally that a tour pro the the big difference between you you myself and a tour pro um, is their ability to make a bad shot and instead of thinking oh shit what am i going to do their thought process is okay how do i score from this position instead of how do i get it out of the rough um or how do i even get it to the green oh my god am i am i going to be able to make par can i get out of here to get out of here with bogey they're still thinking about birdieing the hole from a really bad lie yeah a lot of, a lot of truth to, the, to that I, I there's a guy that i play with up here in pittsburgh periodically that uh he's in trouble every tee shot i've never seen anybody like him i mean just can crush the ball but you have no idea where it's going to be and somehow finds a way to rescue himself and i think that's where you got to get you got to get to that point where every shot isn't a total catastrophe like every time you have a bad shot it's just the end of the world i mean i'll tell a little story on richard we went and played the greenbrier tpc old white this past summer we were very fortunate by the way if there's anyone here listening from the west virginia golf association thank you so much 
we really appreciated the opportunity as as West Virginia Golf Association members to go down there and play that course at a discounted rate. Just a amazing experience. One hundred percent. It's uh, I, I'll speak for you in saying that it was a bucket list experience for me, and um, the the treatment that they gave us there, and the the just the the quality of the facilities and of the course was it, it's it's second to none, man. Yeah, it, it, it was outstanding. I mean, I, I've been to the U.S. Open at Oakmont. I obviously will probably never get the opportunity to play Oakmont, but, I mean, just walking the course at Oakmont and walking the course at Greenbrier, I'm, I have to tell you, we were playing in the dead heat of summer. It was like 98 degrees that day. It's and like 147,000 degrees. Uh, it was miserable. But, oh I mean, this course looked – it looked like it had – they had just manicured it for – for for the US for a Open. tournament. Yeah, yeah. It it was Absolutely. beautiful. Just beautiful. But um four four caddy, our four caddy was spectacular. Um the the staff was spectacular. The 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 facilities were I mean 10 out of 10 all around. Um I know that that there are some folks in in West Virginia who have played it multiple times and get kind of jaded on it, but I I'm telling you, it blew yeah, me it's... it blew me clean off the planet. Yeah, and it's... I've played on some really nice golf courses. It's a it's a hidden gem for sure, but anyways, to to kind of get back to the point, um, here we are playing this magnificent course that, like Richard said, has been a bucket list. I mean, we've watched all the greats play there. We've watched Phil play there. We watched Tiger. We've played or we've watched um, John Daly, Bubba, John Daly, Bubba. The list goes on. I mean, heck, Bubba and Phil Mickelson both have houses there at the Greenbrier. So right. I mean. This is this is hollow ground we're walking on, and I'm just taking it all in. Like every shot meant a little bit more to me that day because I, I'm walking on hollow ground. I'm just taking it all in, and meanwhile, Rich is there to beat me. I'm there <laughs> to put. No, I, honestly, I don't even know that I would say I'm there to beat you. I was there to put a number up. You and were. It was, it was the dead ass wrong mindset to have on that beautiful course and i'll tell you what if we go back or when we go back i i'm i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go for rich i'm gonna enjoy it but i went there to put a number up and it was the wrong mindset to have yeah it it was um your your first four holes were real bad i think at one point the four caddy quit talking to you (laughs) he did because he knew i was he knew i was i now granted my first four holes were bad Kind of pulled it back together for the for the, the the next five, and then I pulled my back nine together. Yeah, you did. I I, I admittedly ran out of gas. Like we said, it was so hot. I Ugh. we there is no because of pandemic the pandemic there was no halfway house, so there was nowhere to get any type of a a pick me up or snack, and there was all we had was you know a few bottles of water with us. So rookie mistake on our half but uh, it was so hot and i just completely ran out of gas still shot a 91 so 91 for you know a pro course i'll take that all day long but um you you beat me by a stroke after me having a uh a complete fall apart front nine i'll take it as long my my only goal once we made the turn was not to shoot 100 yeah <laughs> yeah because you were well on your way after nine <laughs> I, I would I, I i went out in 52 yeah, it it was <laughs> it was rough, but either Came way, back in in forty. I'm happy with that. Either way, I think it it 
you know, it helped you recognize that part of your mental game. And looking back now, you know, I think, you know, we've had this discussion, but it's one of the things that you regret is like, you know, you kind of, you, you kind of killed the vibe for your first, you know, your first half of the day, but. Absolutely. Well, you know? I, that, that, so I played, I played different golf for the remainder of the year. I will say that, um, that trip changed my mindset. And if you look at, if you go in my gen and you look at my scores after that day, I played better golf for the rest of the summer because yeah. my mindset changed. Yeah, you did. And, and we played, you know, we played in a tournament there at the end, scramble tournament and, you know, you pulled it together pretty good, but uh, yeah, played okay. So you got too. you got your mental game to work on. I got my uh, driver issues. If it weren't for my driver issues, I could actually put a pretty darn good round of golf together because my iron play is just. It still amazes me that I, I I I still have as good of an iron game as I do. I I will brag on you. You've taken a moment to brag on me, and I'll take a moment to brag on you, man. Um, you. Your iron play is what keeps you in the game um, 100% of the time. Um, and if you hit fairways with your driver, uh, you know, you you have a chance to score on every hole that you play. Uh, it's just, unfortunately, you know, we're, we're in the nest. We're in the nest, right, Garen? Yeah. Uh, um, unfortunately, it's it's the hitting the it's the hitting fairways that, that you really struggle with, but like you said, this is this this experience, uh, this quest, if you will, is uh, is for us to kind of overcome what what is uh, ailing us. Yeah, we will see. We will see what is to come. But uh, absolutely, I think wrapping things up here. So, folks, we're going to try to get one of these podcasts out to you all once a month. Um, we unfortunately have day jobs. We are not golf pros that get uh, or even scratch golfers that get paid from our endorsements we make nothing from this we're doing this strictly out of fun and uh, hopefully you all enjoy it but we're going to try to get one of these to you all every month and uh, yeah I think next episode we'll hopefully be able to talk about my driver fitting and uh, we'll see if maybe Rich has had some opportunities between now and then to get out uh, out on the course and maybe talk about some of his uh mental game prep yeah absolutely um just really quick uh just to just to plug you for a second man you can uh you can find the pittsburgh golf hack on youtube uh facebook and on twitter uh all of it is at pgh golf hack um that's at pgh golf hack um give us a follow and a like and and uh check the bell and all that other good stuff uh it helps us out um, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, you know, uh, giving us a quick review after this first, uh, episode really helps the algorithm. Um, so we would hugely appreciate that. If you like what you hear, uh, give us a subscribe, man. Uh, we're going to be, like you said, man, we're going to be coming out with some really cool stuff, especially as season comes up. Um, I just got some new tech in today. Um, so we'll be. We'll be discussing some of that on the next episode, and uh, Garen will be telling me what a freaking head case I am for another 45 minutes. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, man. No, thanks for the marketing. I always forget about that piece. I got so, it. You know I'm the marketing guy of the two of us. So. That's right, buddy. All right, folks, until the next time, you all get out there and hit them straight. Keep on hacking. Mm-hmm.